Thank you for listening to this week's podcast from the Horsham Church of Christ. For more information, please visit our website at www.horsham.org.au. Uh, It's great to be joining with you again as we head into week five, I think it is, of uh, the God, Money and Me series, creating a uh, pathway to financial freedom. Uh, This morning, uh, we're talking about money's release, the nature of money's release, and what does it look like to have uh, a release and a freedom and money multiplying that blesses people because of God's promises. Last week, we looked at setting apart the tithe as a declaration of trust and submission to God. Uh, Before we go any further, uh, we want to again offer a cap money tip from one of our money coaches. My tip today is on savings. We all know that something that comes around each year is Christmas. And one way to save for Christmas, and like anything else, is to put a little bit away each pay packet into a savings account. Now, I've already got a Christmas present here, but I have to save for the rest. Now, there'll be roughly, I would say, about nine pays till next Christmas. And I want to spend about $900 this year on Christmas presents for family and friends. So with nine pays, $900 works out $100 a pay, which I'll need to put into my savings account. That's going to stretch me a little bit. But then think of next year, the following Christmas. If you start saving after this Christmas, you'll have 26 pays and you will only need to put $35 away each pay. And that will bring it up to your $900. In fact, I think it's about $910. So it's important for whatever you're going to save for, work out when you want to save, how far in the future, work out how many pays and divide that amount by the pays. And that way you can put so much away each pay packet and when the time comes, you'll be able to pay for it outright and won't have a debt hanging over your head. We want to thank you to uh, Glenn and to Marie and to Lockie for their... uh general money tips over the last few weeks. Uh, We trust that you've been encouraged or maybe it's helped you make a decision or change a course of action in your budgeting and your finances over the last few weeks. They are general in nature and of course as, as we have over the last few weeks we want to invite you to express your interest in the CAP money course, uh, you can send an email to cap at horsham.org.au and uh, we'll certainly let you know when that three-week budgeting and you get coached in budgeting uh, will be happening again and that will be available to you. I've been really thinking about this week, I wonder what's one thing that you've done over the last few weeks or what's one attitude, what's one shift that you've made, whether it's an adjustment to the money myths that you've had, whether it's an adjustment to the tithe, whether it's an adjustment um, to how we look at our finances and how we surrender our finances. What's one thing that we've done? Because we hear a lot of content and even more so than ever before, there's a lot of content available to us and we can spend a lot of time hearing the content Uh, which is great and it can be inspiring, but the best thing that we can do with content is to make small decisions along the way. So I've been wondering what's one thing that you've done over the last few weeks? What's one shift that you made? What's one uh, moment of surrender that you made? Maybe it's you've declared your life to following Jesus. Uh, Maybe it's a a small shift in some budgeting or maybe it's even a decision to have a conversation as a family or to have someone else come in and help you with the conversation around money. This making, having the, hearing the content is important. 
making a decision with what we do with the content is what transforms us. So I really want to encourage you and uh, continue to encourage you to be mindful of that and praying about that and the decision that we make in this time and through any series indeed that we do. We want to invite you again to open up your Bibles or to write down the references that we'll be using throughout the day or of course the Version Bible app and all the scriptures will be there for today. Uh, today, as I said, we're looking at money's release and to get us uh, going, I heard this quote or read this quote recently, uh, money is like manure. If you let it pile up, it just smells. But if you can spread it around, you can encourage things to grow. What's our philosophy when it comes to money? What's our philosophy with the way that we use money, manage money? One of the great joys that I've had is to be able to watch four young girls grow up into young ladies, young women, and to see the way in which they engage with family, the way they engage with friendship, the way that they engage with faith and the life and the ministry of the church. I'm not going to say it's been perfect or it's going to be, has been easy at all, or that I haven't made any mistakes. We haven't made any mistakes as parents, but it's been great to watch them mature in the decisions that they make and their personalities take shape. This has just been just as true as we've talked about finances, as we've talked about money. Um, we've wanted to give our girls the freedom to ask. Uh, our meal times are sacred places. They're places of um, laughter, madness, they're chaotic, they're uh, loud at times. Uh, they've been um, strong conversations, arguments even at times, reflections and pushback about how we think about things and how we do things. But we've always wanted to invite our children into the ask. And when I say that our meal times have been loud, um, that's still when they're over 18. They're not any quieter, that's for sure, especially when they all get together. It's madness, a wonderful kind of madness, but it's madness. Um, but what we've, what we've learned about finances with our children is that we, as much as we wanted to get them freedom to ask, while we might say yes in one area, that might also be a no in another area. But it was never their responsibility as they were growing up, it was never their responsibility to be concerned with the resources of the house. That was our job as the parents. It was always interesting when we got through our children through school and the conversation about buying the school computer. Some of you have done that and or going through that in preparation for next year. Um, and school computer, and we'd be talking about the school computer and how exciting that might be to have your own computer or your own iPad. And inevitably, there would be one who didn't yet have that computer who would give it an ask. Now, they would know it might even be an unreasonable ask. Can I have a computer? Can I get one as well? They knew it was unreasonable, perhaps, at that time for them, but it was always worth the ask. I think the biggest ask for a few years was for the mobile phone. They always knew the answer. The answer never changed from the first time May asked for it to the last time Ruby asked for it. I'm not even sure Ruby asked for it that much because she had heard the answer that often. When you can afford to buy it yourself and keep the credit going, then you can get the phone. Occasionally, we would find out about events uh, or things that our children wanted to be a part of and we'd find, why didn't you come and ask us? Well, I know it's a lot of money and I didn't want to ask for the money. So despite our best efforts to encourage the ask and to give the freedom for the ask, our children weren't always um, 
up front, I guess. And maybe that was something that they'd heard. And maybe that was something about the lessons that Andrea and I learnt along the way, because we quickly learnt that we had to be careful how we talked about our money, how we talked about when we were concerned about bills or finances or running out, how we talked about that in our family dynamic became really important because we wanted to encourage the ask. We wanted our children to learn responsibility with finances, but we also wanted them to learn the beauty and the wonder of blessing. One example for us uh, in the blessing was we'd saved up for a period of time. We were discussing a, a big holiday as a family and what that looked like. And we decided rather than driving to Queensland, we'd go and spend a, a week in Melbourne in an apartment. Now, that was pretty luxurious for us. We were um, used to caravan holidays and maybe overnight stays in apartments to spend a week in an apartment in Melbourne. My goodness, that was amazing. And um, we'd, we'd planned and prepared to give our children spending money for the week that we were in Melbourne. And then on the morning that we went to the Melbourne show, we sat them down and my wife, Andrea, gave them, every single one of them, extra money. Oh, wow, what a blessing. They were blown away. It was one of those moments that you just saw the sheer joy on their face at the thought and they they were surprised they were blown away now my family actually loved that I'll share this photo this is the end result of um, our day at the Melbourne show or some of the end result I'll be in trouble for that photo but hopefully you'll enjoy it um, but it was funny watching their variety of responses across we've got four girls as you can see um, this is Andrea also wearing the headgear um, that the amazing response across our children that happened. Now, one of them would be buying everything. The first thing that they liked, they'd buy. Whereas another one was so overwhelmed with the amount of money that they didn't want to give any of it up. They became so overwhelmed with how much money they had and how blessed it was and even perhaps how much they knew that it was costly for their parents, for mum and dad, that they... Um, didn't know how to spend it. And it was just funny watching the way in which each of our children responded to that extra blessing. But we have also grown to see um, over the years the love and the generosity that our children have towards others. And I say all this um, partly to let you know that my family is pretty cool and uh, I love them heaps, but also to ask the question, how do we approach God? Do we know the freedom that we have in the ask? Do we believe that God wants to bless us and provide us? Do we believe that God has all the resources available that he wants to pour out to his children? And when we receive that blessing, do we tend to withdraw and become so overwhelmed that we don't know what to do with it? Or is it something that becomes a blessing to others? Or perhaps we're a bit afraid of going to God because we've been disappointed and not so much disappointed by God, but maybe we've never thought about it because we've been disappointed by other people. We've been let down by other people. Maybe our families were places of fear. Maybe families were places, be grateful for what you get. And I know that I've said that in my past and to my children at different times as well, despite the nature of wanting to give them the freedom of the ask. See, the lies of the enemy would say that we don't have the right to ask. But the love of the Father would say, you can come to me as one who bears my image. 
The lies of the enemy would say you don't have the right to ask, you've made too many mistakes, you've gone too far away, you've ignored God. Remember that disaster, remember that disappointment. But the love of the Father that says, you can come to me for the ask and see greater release, greater favour, greater blessing as one who bears my image. It's an incredible gift. But God's, and this is what we want to say, this is what we've been saying across the course of these few weeks, that God's greatest gift is in relationship. In Luke chapter 11, there's this story that Jesus tells uh, as part of prayer, the nature of prayer and how to pray and how to seek after God and how to have our hearts turned toward God. And he tells a story of a a neighbor going in the middle of the night, knocking on his uh, friend's door because he's had another friend come to his house unexpectedly. Give me some bread. I haven't got anything to feed my to feed the friend who's just shown up at a ridiculous hour of night. And this culture and this time is very used to hospitality and and opening up their homes and providing people. And at the end of this, um, Jesus says this and gives this encouragement. So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find, knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives, and the one who seeks, finds, and to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Now, this is already an incredible statement of blessing. And I love how Jesus invites us into, I can imagine ears pricking up. I imagine some of you are sitting forward and going, oh, hang on, what does this mean? And then Jesus just gives a little bit more of a push and actually ups the ante here a little bit. As I read it, anyway, if you then... Though you are evil, oof, wow, <laughs> you know, you haven't got all this together. You've made mistakes. Let's, let's acknowledge that. Know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? See, when we've got this invitation to think about hospitality or our daily needs, our daily provision, Jesus actually raises the expectation. And here, here's what I want you to ask for more than anything, Jesus says. Ask for the Holy Spirit to come. Because it's the Holy Spirit that uh, reflects the love of the Father. It's the Holy Spirit that comforts and counsels and guides and turns your heart closer to me. And you can know the gift of relationship. And the relationship will pour out a blessing like you've never known before. And what we've been talking about is how this relationship affects the way that we view and use and release our money, our finances. In Luke chapter 15, a couple of chapters after this, there's a story that many of us might be familiar with if you've been a part of the church for any period of time. And even if you haven't been, uh, and even if you're not sure about who this Jesus is and what church looks like, uh, quite frankly, not, not a lot of us are actually sure what church looks like at the moment. <laughs> but um, but uh, Jesus tells this story that many of us would be familiar with called the prodigal son. And it's a story of this well-rich father who's uh, established himself well in the community, seems to be well-respected. And the youngest son uh, goes up to him one day and he says, I'm paraphrasing, Dad, I'm bored with this life. Give me my share of the inheritance. Now, we need to, we, we kind of miss this every now and then, but to ask for this share of inheritance is actually to say, Dad, I'm no longer interested in the relationship that I have with you. You may as well be dead to me. Can you imagine hearing that? But this father is so generous, 
so gracious, so patient, that he actually gives the son his share, the younger son, his share of the inheritance. The son goes out, we're told, he lives a reckless life, he lives a thoughtless life. He's got all the resources that his father can give to him. And he gets to a point where he's feeding pigs and he can't eat anything. So he clicks in his mind, he goes home. He says, I'll go home and I'll be a servant because at least they have more than what I've got. But as he's on his way home, this is an incredible, powerful story. As he's on his way home, Jesus, uh, the father sees his son, the younger son, coming home and he runs out, which in this culture, as Jesus tells the story, that would have taken people's breath away. How ridiculous, how demeaning that the father should run out after this son who has wished him dead. But that's what he does. And not only does he run out to him and greet him out in the middle of the road in front of perhaps the whole village and his neighbours and all those that might gather around and be whispering about him returning home. He says, bring the robe, bring the family ring, get shoes on his feet. Let's restore this and let's have a party. And so they have the party. The older son returns. He's still out at work. You know, the older son doing the right thing all the time. <laughs> Sorry, that was poor. Jared's up the back here. Anyway, um, and it's not true either. But um, the older son is coming in from his day at work uh, and he hears the noise of the party. And he doesn't even go inside. That blows me away every time. He doesn't. He hears the party inside and he's not even inquisitive enough to go in and see what happens. He, instead, he calls over his servant. He says, hey, 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 come over here, come over here. What's going on? And the servant says, oh, your youngest son has come home and your dad's thrown a party for him. Wow. The older brother, after a day outside working covered in dirt and sweat, is not impressed. Not impressed. The father, again, comes out, leaves the party, comes out to his older son. So hear the story here. The father approaches both his sons with different experiences, different heartbeats, different attitudes, and the father meets them in the same way. I think that's an incredible, incredible story of the father's heart and God's love for us. What's going on, Dad? The older brother says. Well, your son's come home. We had to kill the fattened calf. And the older brother says, Dad, I have worked and slaved. You have never asked for anything. You've never given me anything. And towards the end of this story, we hear this statement from the father. My son, the father said, you're always with me. And everything I have is yours. How tragic it is to live your whole life and to never know or never believe or feel that you could ask for whatever reason. My son, the father says, you are always with me and everything I have is yours. Now, we don't know. I think both of those sons invite us to decide how we respond to the Father, whether we've gone off and lived recklessly or whether we believe like we've followed all the rules exactly. Do we know this to be true, that we can come to the Father with the ask? In the letter that James writes to an early church, he says in 
chapter 4, verses 2 to 3. Uh, and again, this, this actually comes out of a statement of wisdom. This comes out of a question and, and exploration of wisdom, the nature of wisdom. You do not have because you do not ask God. And when you ask, you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. So you have the right to ask, but your motives and your heartbeat goes a long way to um, how God responds to this. Over the last few months, um, we have seen incredible challenges in panic buying. We've seen incredible challenges in the fear that has been created and people hoarding for themselves, uh, going and grabbing more than perhaps what they might need because of fear of missing out. And what we've actually seen is that has actually reduced the resources that have been available um, in, our, in our supermarkets. See, the fear of unknown often motivates our response and the fear of being out of control or actually not in control actually determines how we view our father's response as well. And I would argue that we all need a bit of a shift in how we view the father's love, much like those two sons did too. I would say the older brother was just as reckless as the younger brother with the father's love. So when we learn to trust God, our, we begin to align our heart to his eternal vision and promise. And his provision will far outdo anything that we might ask or imagine. But how do we ask? With what spirit do we ask? Well, I think when we come under God's authority, we understand that his authority releases greater freedom for us to be a blessing. Understand God's authority releases greater freedom so that we might be a blessing. When we ask knowing that God has the authority, that God has all the resources, we understand that our hearts are released to greater freedom, to be a blessing. In Deuteronomy chapter 8, you may say to yourself, my power and the strength of my hands have produced this wealth for me. But remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the ability to produce wealth and so confirms his covenant, which he swore to your ancestors as it is today. See, God is about covenant, a relationship, the heart. And you, we can sit back as much of our world has and does and continues to do. We can sit back and say, this is mine. Or we can sit back and say, thank you, God. Actually, not, not sit back, but lean in, <laughs> lean forward and say, thank you, God, for all that we have. All that we have is yours and I release it to your authority. As I said a few weeks ago, Andrea and I had a different approach when we first um, got married to saving and spending, and this would often cause some tension. And at different times throughout our marriage, uh, we would be checking our accounts, managing our bills, wondering how we were going to pay our bills at different times. And many of you would have experienced this at different times in different ways as well. We've made some mistakes with the way that we've spent our money and we've, we've struggled with that. We've always given a tithe because we believe that was about contributing to the family, the body of Christ as well. But that hasn't magically sorted out the rest of our finances. We've had to learn some different thinking and attitude shifts. And I remember it was one of these attitude shifts as we've been checking our accounts on a regular basis, way too regular than we ever needed to. And I remember Andrea actually... Um, coming to, I don't, I don't even know what the conversation was about apart from finances, but nothing specific. 
And remember Andrea really clearly saying, the accounts don't increase because we keep checking them. We need to trust in God and understand that his authority is over our finances. And all of a sudden I just thought, whoa, the, the, like everything just lifted off our house from that moment. Now, I'm not going to say that we've seen unexplained thousands come into our account since then. Um, that's not the point. This is not a magic quick fix kind of experience. But what we've understood over, the, over recent years, over the last 10 to 15 years perhaps, is that God has complete authority over our finances. And when God has authority, that increases our capacity to be a blessing and to release and multiply in other areas of life as well. When we understand that God is the ultimate provider, we understand that God's provision releases greater freedom in our finances. And God's provision releases the um, freedom for us to um, have an increase in our finances so that we can be a blessing. And we have greater freedom. We have a budget. We try to stick to it. But it all, we also have learned to understand that when we have a budget, it increases our freedom and the flexibility that we have to bless others accordingly. Uh, in John chapter, no, sorry, in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, as a text that we had last week, God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. And Andrew and I have certainly learned that we have everything that we need, everything that we need, and God continues to increase and grant us freedom and release money and multiply money, if you like, so that we can bless others in ways that surprise us um, and hopefully have surprised others along the way. One particular example for us was we'd um, been sponsoring children for our whole marriage. It was something that Andrea brought into our marriage. And uh, one Compassion Sunday, we support a couple of Compassion children and um, we actually support all boys too because you know, we've got all girls, so it's good to support some boys. Um, one Compassion Sunday, we had a conversation about sponsoring another child and we decided it probably wasn't that financially possible for us. Uh, the next week, the Compassion children were still out on the table. Uh, we thought about it in the week. We decided that we weren't going to do it. The next week, Andrea came home uh, with, a, with a child and uh, put the boy before us. Uh, I can't remember if it was Fanu or, or Gowans. But, uh, um, and I said to Andrea, what happened? Like, what was the shift? And Andrew again really clearly said, you know what, it's out of small seeds that large things grow and we can place a small seed somewhere. And again, just this whole spirit, we just understood God provided, released and multiplied our capacity to bless others. So God's authority releases greater freedom. God's provision releases greater freedom. And our alignment to God's heart releases greater freedom. Um, in John chapter 14, uh, Jesus talks about the nature of prayer again and he, he actually talks about, you follow me, serve me and you will do much more than what I have been doing or shown to you as well. And then he says, and I will do whatever you ask in my name. And we get excited about that again. It's similar to the Luke uh, chapter 11 that we read earlier. And I will do whatever you ask in my name. We go, oh, Jesus, I wouldn't mind a Mustang, um, the car that you drive, V8, red. Anyway, that might not be your dream. Uh, I will do whatever you ask in my name. 
so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. Did you hear the shift? I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask me for anything in my name and I'll do it in the ways that it reveals the glory of the Father. This is affirmed again in the next chapter. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory, that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. What is it that we ask for that bears the fruit of Jesus? Now, one of the things that we've been able to do and had the pleasure to be able to do and the freedom to be able to do is to buy a house since we've been in Horsham. And I was pretty nervous about buying a house. Uh, it was something that Andrea had been planning for and preparing for. Uh, we decided to do that and pursue that. We've been able to renovate our house to some extent. But every now and then there's this moment in me that says, oh, another living area would be nice. Or um, an ensuite would have been really good at sometimes throughout the last 18, 20, 25 years as well. But uh, And we... we We'd pray about it. We'd even go and explore the possibility of it. Um, we'd believe that it may be a, a, even been possible about it. And, but it, we came to the conclusion that actually if we went and pursued some of those houses, if we went and pursued and increased our mortgage around that, that would have actually reduced our freedom to be a blessing to others along the way because we would have had so much invested in our home and the mortgage would have tripled in depending on the house that we bought as well that that would have taken away the freedom that we had or felt at times because we would have become so focused on our mortgage and making sure we had enough to buy that now i don't say that about comparing or begrudging or judging anyone who has those things you know in fact i celebrate it if you've been able to do that praise god and i really honor that and think it's fantastic this is not about thinking with a minimal mindset but a desire to transform God's world through his blessing and his favour and to see his glory come. So God's authority releases greater freedom to be a blessing. God's provision releases greater freedom and our hearts being aligned also releases God's free, greater freedom as well. See, we often ask with a short-term view in mind, pursuing our own pleasures, while God invites us to pursue an eternal purpose. Paul writes in Galatians chapter 6, Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Whoever sows to please their flesh from the flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the Spirit from the Spirit will reap eternal life. And then this, this comment, which goes on, but let us not become weary in doing good. And I would say, let us not become weary in pursuing the heart of the Father. Let us not become weary in protecting the relationship. See, when money is given the correct authority, it is released through God and in God to bless others. Because ultimately, as we've said over the last few weeks, this is an imitation into a relationship with God, the Father who loves us and has all the resources available to bless us and to pour out his favour throughout our world. And don't we need to know a new blessing, a new favour, a new heart again, or an, be reminded of the old faithful heart of God. But this is an invitation 
to know God through Jesus Christ as your Lord and Saviour. Now, I understand some of you are sitting here through this series and going, oh, you don't understand the season I'm in. This is a season of hardship. This is a season of struggle. I've got bills coming out my ear. Um, when will this get easier? I've been going through this struggle for years and years and years and years. Alternatively, or on the flip side, you might be financially comfortable. You might be really financially established at the moment. You're thinking back, I've got all these years of hard work and I'm enjoying the reward of hard work. And I would say the question and the invitation is the same. Choose to submit to God in everything and with everything. Choose to submit to God in everything and with everything. And I say that with a warning or with a caution. I say that trying to give you a full picture. This will be the moment. Once you choose to trust God, these will be the moments where the unexpected bills come. These will be the moments that things break down. These will be the moments where uh, the bigger challenges come because the enemy doesn't want you to know the full blessing of the Father. But I can guarantee and affirm through my own story and my own faith, and I hope it's been encouragement to you today, that despite the challenges, we have always come through and God has always blessed us enormously. And as we have known God's blessing, as we have trusted in God, even in the unexpected things, we have seen an increase and been able to release much more to bless others because of God's blessing through us. So I will say, whether you're in struggle and hardship or whether you're financially comfortable and established, established, trust God and submit to him in everything. And while you are waiting for the breakthrough, while it's struggling to come through, protect the relationship of your heart. Remember the question and the invitation that Jesus made in Luke chapter 11? Who of you, if you, don't, if you ask for the Holy Spirit, won't receive it? And I believe that to be true for you today. And I want to invite you in this time and this space, if you've never done it or if you have done it and wandered away and you got a bit reckless, a bit thoughtless, you've lost that sense of God's authority over your heart, over your mind, over your spirit, over your finances. This is the day, this is the moment where you can say, God, I want to see you release and increase again over my life so that I might be a blessing. Know your blessing and I might be a blessing to others as well. Would you join me in prayer? Father, we want to thank you for who you are. We want to thank you that you have all the resources available to us. We praise you and honour you, Father, because you are a good God. You're a God of blessing who lives in covenant and seeks after covenant with your creation. Father, we confess that we have often pursued our own dreams, our own ideas, and sometimes we've even used you to justify it. You've blessed us with so much provision, though, and so much joy in our lives. We give you thanks for all that we do have, and we pray that you give us a new vision, a new heart with all that you've supplied us with, all the resources that you've given with, that we might see an increase of your blessing so that we might also see a release and a greater freedom to bless others. We confess Jesus Christ as our Lord and Saviour. We return to you and ask that you might grant us your wisdom, your peace, and your guidance as we seek to see um, your blessing further released in all that we are and all that we have, in all that we do. In the name of Jesus. Amen.